Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Down in Front. This week we're talking about the uh, documentary picture, The People vs. George Lucas, and things related to it. Uh, my name is always T. Christian. I'm sitting here next to Eddie the Eddie Doty. That's me. And Brian William Finifter. Greetings. Michael Dorkman Scott. Guilty. And Trey <laughs> the Amazing Stokes. Jerry's still out. Now, we've all five of us seen the movie, right? Have we all seen uh, it? I know Eddie's I, seen it. I, yeah. I yeah. yeah. We all square on this? Okay. Now, I, it was Netflix. funny because... I, unless I'm mistaken, I, I started Netflix. this trend ooh, ooh. on accident the other day by I, I idly clicked play on Netflix because, okay, whatever, I have stuff to work on and I need something to listen to, so this is there. And I tweeted, God, you just can't watch a Star Wars documentary anymore without seeing people you know in it. And in truth, I know, <laughs> like, I, I've met like 10 people in this documentary and I'm friends with like four of them. So it's, it's creepy on that level. But as a movie together, it takes the odd angle of uh, accusing George Lucas of sucking, which I thought was really refreshing. Uh, I, I found that to be an interesting diversion from what we've been hearing for the last 15 years. Uh, and if you haven't seen it, we're not going to spoil anything. At the end of the day, George Lucas makes the prequels. And, um, but one thing about the ending that I thought was interesting was that all these people that have been basically, t- to varying degrees, shitting on George Lucas for 70 minutes or however long it is, at the end, they go back to every single talking head and they have a piece of footage of them saying, yeah, but I still love George Lucas. I can't even help. So at the end of the day, I thought it was kind of milk toast. I, I think it's a little bit of it's common. It's co- it's very common ground for everyone here, uh, but I can imagine it being something that would open up, you know, your your cousin's eyes if he's not that into Star Wars and be like, oh, I didn't know that was even a thing. Yep, sure is. Apparently, it's the only thing because for ten years now we've been saying this shit, and I still don't care that much. Uh, but I thought it was fine. Uh, but I'm not the guy who knows how documentaries work, nor am I the editor. So when Eddie comes on and starts shitting really hard on this movie. He's right, and I'm wrong. And here we go. <laughs> Talk about setups. Uh, well, and that doesn't mean that doesn't mean anything in terms of right or wrong, but um, but, but you're wrong. And the, the reason <laughs> the reason being <laughs> the reason being is that it's um, the gentleman who did recently did the YouTube uh, thing where he says he does a what if on episode one where he says what if it did this and he proposed to me that was far more entertaining of value. No, the the guy who is a, is a kid who basically said, episode one doesn't work because of this. They could have done this and it would have worked great. It's a what if. It was right. Called. It was well. It was, uh, it was what if episode Star Wars episode one was actually good. Yeah, that was the that's yeah. the title and and uh, they reverse engineered it from there. Right, and it's yeah. it's. I mean, like you say, it's more constructive. It's than, more constructive. It's yeah. more concise. It's just I, I'm. Let's let's put this on the table right now. There's a difference between a documentary and a polemic, and there's nothing wrong with doing a polemic. Michael Moore has been doing them for apparently the beginning of time, but this is not a this is not a film. Like I, I want to make that clear. This is not a, a, a piece of cinema, like at all. It is people. I I just feel like we've been over whining. this point whining, and we've been over this so goddamn much. And yeah. I, and I, not to tune down a front horn. But I think people like Red Letter Media, and I, I think like what you guys have done on the prequel work is more constructive, more healthy, more productive overall, more concise, more articulate than just the bullshit of watching Chris Gore go on and on. Like, and, and not only that, but just leveraging their own sort of work in there as well. And and yes, fine, fan film's great. We all come from fan films in some really just I'm overall get the fuck over it. It's movies. You like three of them, you hated three others. Done. End of discussion. Like we we can I think by this point we've are we've come around on the point of what why they don't work, why they were created, why they're inferior. Like it's been done. It's 2012. It's 2012. Right, but but you know, the, like, I mean the question I would ask and what interested me was this was I, this movie I not to step on like your thing about it, but but just yeah, to address means, it. Yeah. Um this movie was much less a less of a polemic than I thought yeah, it would be. Yeah. That was that's my reaction too. I thought, "Wow, that was a lot more balanced." Yeah, than it, I it, it, be. because because you look at it from the perspective of, and I get it, from the perspective of we have been having this, these conversations for the last 10, 12 years. Um, I think that it, 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 it originally certainly started as a polemic, the way that, because that, uh, he, he, uh, the guy who made it, uh, Alexander or Alejandro or however he, you uh, pr- pronounce his name. Um, sorry, I've only seen it written. Um, but um, he... Uh, he kind of advertised it as being like we're putting George Lucas on trial. Yeah, I remember yeah, that yeah. was. I didn't feel like that was present. I felt no, that that not at all. that the documentary 
so to speak, kind of evolved into being more about the weird relationship that the people, the fans, have with George Lucas. I, I, yeah. I don't think it evolved all the way to the point of... I, I think there was still a little bit too much polemic in it, mm-hmm. um, as opposed to being strictly balanced, but... Looking at it from the perspective of here's the weird relationship between George Lucas and his fans, yeah, we're tired of hearing about that because we've been hearing about it for 12 years. We live in that world, but putting that world out to a broader audience yeah. isn't that the purpose of a documentary? Yeah, that, like that's this? what I, that, that was my take on it too. Is like, it's like, why go over this over all over again? It's like, well, you make a documentary to introduce a topic to people that who people aren't aware it. of it. So, but, so it's like, it's like there are. People in the world, in fact, I would I would venture to say most people in the world don't know there's a controversy about Han shot first. Yeah. <laughs> Us and our little weird incestuous horrifying group. We're tired <laughs> of hearing about totally, it. Totally. It's like, no, it's, just like it's, it's the same argument as like, what? Why do they say community's low rated? Everyone watches it. But let me everyone ask you, you know watches yeah, okay. it. Okay. You but, and six people watch but, it. But but the difference is the, the difference is in this that this documentary doesn't really take this form of okay here's a. Th- Here's here's the thing that people care about that you may not know. People actually don't really like Jar Jar Binks, and here's why. It's in in those moments when it's doing that, it's just people bitching about Jar Jar Binks and Han and Greedo shooting. Like I say, it doesn't it doesn't it doesn't make clear enough the fact that it's like this. This is the. It's not like a Comic Con documentary where it's saying this is this weird little world yes. that people live in. Yeah. This is you know we're and here's and this here's this the world. outsider here's painting this picture. Yeah. Of it. You yeah. the presum- presumptive outsider. Right. Here's what it's like to be in this in this relationship between a fan and George right. Lucas. Well, I I, just, I would just submit that like it, I mean a good example of how this could have been done is um, this film was not yet rated because that is a movie made for probably. People who are not as aware of what the, of the work of the MPAA does sure. and this extent of it, we have all had the same conversation about the MPAA and how silly it is, and I've, that's a conversation I would I've heard just as much as who shot first. Yet when I watch this film is not yet rated, I still gain something out of it. I still feel like I hear both sides through archival footage of of and yes, I know they use archival footage or whatever. I'm saying is that that. Uh, a fil- a good filmmaker like Kirby Dick, and I'm not trying to be smirch Alexandre whoever. Um, a a a g- th- that's the difference between someone who is experimenting with the documentary form and someone who it's his craft that they know how to present the information. The information has to flow a certain way. It has to not have. And again, Morgan Spurlock is is doing different things in his films, which is why I feel like in the Comic Con documentary it gets a little repetitive because he doesn't quite hit those beats yet. You know. Kirby Dick knows how to present those ideas. This film, I'm not saying that this couldn't have been a good film. I'm just saying it isn't. It, it's it's okay. not. Yeah. For, I'm just saying it, it it fails a certain. It fails a Plinkett test. I'm just going to say it. Like it just okay. it, and the documentary version of a Plinkett test. Character people come in and out. Ideas are roughly clumped together, but there's no flow. It, uh, so so you know? yeah. is your problem? I, I agree with Eddie on this. So your problem with it is, and I'm not necessarily disagreeing. I'm just yeah, no, yeah, yeah. Just your, your problem with it is that is just that it's poorly constructed, not necessarily with the underlying. Th- like, what do you f- when, see as the underlying? When thesis the film is poorly constructed, when, and I say this because I've made the same mistake myself. Because I've I've made feature documentaries, and it's an easy trap to fall into. Because after a while, you're staring at the same fucking talking heads. You tend to clump and group. And it's it's more like a string of pearls. Like you have a chunk of story and very little connective tissue. Oh. And because of that, it accentuates the whininess. Yeah, I, I agree you know with that, I mean? actually, like, because it was very much a case true. of... Like, here's 18 people who are going to say bad things about Jar Jar Binks. Yeah. Boom, boom, and then here's boom, another 18 people saying things about uh, who shot first. Now there's, you know? and, but yeah. there's, there's, certainly, there's certainly issues in terms of what the documentary is about, because this film is not yet rated... Is 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 a way to introduce you to the MPA rating systems. What it, what the documentary is is about a guy on a hunt to try and figure out how the MPAA works. Right. So right. there's a narrative structure that's built in. Oh, right. Yeah. Know, exactly. exactly. No. That's that's the issue. There's, exactly. there's no underlying narrative structure no to the people versus this. George Lucas. But exactly. they had one. Yeah. The people versus George Lucas. Is they could perfect. have. Perfect. It's easy. That would have been perfect because yeah. then you could have had the defense or whoever you structure as the defense. Be the advocate for why George does yeah. this stuff, and that yeah. way you Roger avoid. And me the is very much a polemic, but it's about I'm trying to get an interview with it's Roger. A, it's That's, a hero. Yeah. It's still a hero's journey. 
funny. Exactly. Like it's still, it's still, you know, I, uh, the the call to adventure. Flint, Michigan yeah. has gone down the shithole. Like it's still, it still follows those same beats that we're used to. You know, when reality mm. TV works, it, it still follows the story structure. Exactly. Yeah. When, when reality TV works at its best, it does the same shit. You know, I did, I did my, I did my. Uh, uh, my senior thesis on that very same thing that those same narrative structures have to exist in documentary whether it's nonfiction or fiction you have to have a structure a narrative structure and an arc this movie has no arc it's just a list of things we hate yeah is it shot well sure uh, i guess i mean it, uh, i mean it, I, i'm just i'm trying yeah, to be generous, okay you know? like, it's not it's not uh, shot brilliantly it's shot perfectly competent it's, it's, yeah it's, yeah, it's, yeah. it's yeah. functional it's yeah. a it's it's functionally shot they know how to light yeah which Great. is more than yeah. you can say from some documentaries. I've, I, I, will I, will, I mean, I, I'm mostly on Eddie's side on this. Although, it, it, the, for me, I feel like it's 80% whining and polemic and, and that just like ah, the rehashing the same stuff we've been dealing with forever. But there are, there are moments where it, has, it starts to approach some kind of depth and interesting like, okay, let's look at let's look at what George Lucas's side of this is. And he is the author and he's the author of all of this. And so therefore what is his responsibility, if any, yeah. to these fans and what, what responsibility do they have? What is, what is that relationship? I, I came it out of keeps it. Like skipping along these things. And then it dives right back into Jar Jar Binks sucks. Yeah. I yeah. came out of it actually more sympathetic <laughs> yeah. towards George Lucas. Oh, absolutely. Than I, yeah. than I did going in, but I was like, I don't know. Like you said, it's like because there's no narrative thread or anything, it's like I don't know exactly what I'm feeling. I just know that I'm less angry at him <laughs> at, <laughs> right. at, at the end of it all. You know, There is some really interesting stuff that's that's proposed, at least in passing. I mean, the, the, the whole idea of, yes, George Lucas started out as this kid from Northern California that was raging against the machine and wanted to bring down the evil empire, who then turned into the evil empire himself. Right. That's really interesting character. Let's explore yeah, that a little well, more. Well, something else. But that, then it dives back into something that it made me made me think about just as a as a broader uh, context. It's like we we talk about uh, you know we're like well you should just leave that you know the way it was and stuff like that. But I'm like we're in a we're in a world now where you know that people are getting in trouble for stuff they post on Facebook because they get googled before they they you know get uh, get, they hired, get the job yeah. before they get the job and stuff like that and and it's like isn't that almost the same thing like there there was a time where um like being being creative being an artist you're putting yourself out there right and and you're saying this is what i believe about certain things you know in the world right now and then later on it it I, f- I feel like maybe the the coming generations are going to get more sympathetic to to the, the kind of where Lucas is coming from at least because it's like before it used to be well that's the work of you know that's the work of a young man and it's just out there and that's just what I had to deal with as an artist I put that out there and I can't take it back and now Lucas kind of wants to take it back right. a little bit it's like how would people really feel if their Facebook post from when they were fifteen got got printed out and put on the wall of a museum and everyone's like oh it's brilliant and stuff <laughs> yeah. like that and then when you're 40 you're looking at it and you're going god just, yeah. can we just get this down or, i don't want to have to or, look at or this you anymore. or you publish something brilliant at 40 and then somebody goes back and goes check out this guy's facebook post at 15 yeah, and it's an the idiot. most it's yeah. a horrible trick obviously a hack. or or again you know you you publish something you publish something at 15 and you know everyone thinks it's great and stuff like that and then you grow and when you're 30 35 you're like that that's idiocy i can't believe that everyone is into this because that's drivel and i don't even agree with it anymore you what, know what would have been really interesting i think is to take a because there are a lot of artists and filmmakers and writers in all from various fields interviewed in that it would have been really interesting for the filmmaker to go okay can i see like your earliest stuff yeah the very first thing that you ever published or put out there in the world right how do you feel about that yeah how would you feel if i put that in this documentary unaltered these are all wonderful points that really would have gone well in the documentary you know like they they almost tried to do that there get to the precipice what made me yeah what made me almost make that connection in a way and and what you're saying is uh chris strompolis with his raiders thing yes it's like he well he's almost the opposite of lucas because he's not 
he he's just embracing he's like we're kids and it's totally embarrassing but it's also neat and i'm embracing the fact that that people love this for what it is i'm not going to go back in and try and recut it i'm not going to shoot inserts for it or anything it's mm-hmm. like this is so he's doing the opposite of what lucas is in right. in this in, in almost this, context. this exact yeah. context yeah. It, it, it occurs to me that part of the problem i think part of is that a large part of the problem for me is the specifically some of the people that they interview for because I think not just the choices themselves but they needed more people they needed better they needed some people who contemporaries of George not just archival interviews with Francis but let's get some I mean let's get some actual filmmakers in there as well and nothing against Chris Gore or Nar Williams but like the closest we got was Neil Gaiman who was mostly on Lucas's side yes yes So, Let's I just mean, say, yeah. But yeah, as, as any grown up would be. Yeah, yeah ex- <laughs> and, and that, yeah, and that's the thing. It's it's it really it this documentary really, and I don't think it intends to, but it show kind of boils it down for you, going, eh, this is kids versus the adults, and these are yeah. kids exactly kind of whining and feeling entitled, and we've kind of touched on it this. It even in says other, that at one yeah. point. One of the the uh, people talking is uh, I can't remember what his name is, but he basically says, you know. Um, it's like always oh, making movies like they're for children. It's like, well, you're acting you're like children. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. Yeah. And you were children when you saw the first yeah. ones and you loved them. Yeah, it, it, we're, we talk about the Comic-Con doc. Like, people have been trying to get Comic-Con docs off the ground for years and have released their own independent ones. And I, I know a, a girl who did that. And then I remember a couple of years ago going there and seeing a booth and like the Comic-Con documentary from the fan's perspective, and which basically means it was shot on like a cell phone camera. <laughs> which means and, like, like no one ever is going to want to see that. Well, no, and so I watched, they had it on a TV plane and I looked down and they were interviewing some dude from a booth and of course I recognize the guy in the booth but like <laughs> like it was some guy in a booth describing who drinks the different colors of Mountain Dew how oh Asians God. mostly drink the blue kind <laughs> and Hispanics seem to like Code Red I want to just knock that TV over just <laughs> exactly <laughs> which is what well, my yeah. reaction to the people versus George hey, Lucas was tore the lid off the whole Mountain Dew color controversy <laughs> it's, it's like right, you're really on, cracking the code someone's yeah. got to get that but out no, there but they're the like people. but it was like this too clever by half like self-congratulatory like hey beep, beep, we're doing this thing and like and at times at its worst I felt the people versus George Lucas was doing the same thing you know and it's mm-hmm. just it's a sort of self-flagellating like aren't we cool for standing up to the man for like, having it, an opinion about this yeah and, and it, no I mean, no. and I, I say this as a person who had a strong opinion about all of this for a very long time totally yeah. Uh, but no, just that part of my stop. brain had an aneurysm and died. Like Get the I can't fuck over yourself. <laughs> seriously, yeah, yeah. I like, can't. It's like some people have that happen and they can't see or remember colors. I've that's happened to me, and now I can't. I can't, I can't see or remember caring about Star yeah, Wars I just, anymore. It's just gone. <laughs> it is. The man who mistook Star Wars for sucking. <laughs> yeah, but again, but like, and there, but I mean, there's so many different ways to approach the idea in a fresh way, and and like I said, presentation is a huge part of it. And the structure is a huge part of it. I just, I, I see, I nothing pisses me off more than people thinking that I'll just do interviews and B-roll and it's a document. No, it's not a documentary. It's, it's a story. It's so it still has to be a story. You have to tell a story. You have to come to a conclusion. There has to be a growth. There has to be an arc. And when you do this huge thing. And like you said, the last five minutes is all like, I still love George. <laughs> yeah. You know, don't hate me. Like, it's just, it's, it, it's just like, it, it what tried the fuck to, did I it just It tried do? to pull up from the, from the nosedive to be like, yeah. oh, well, you know, we're showing all the different perspectives and ultimately it's from a and place it just love. Cut out its own heels from underneath. Yeah, yeah, it didn't. Yeah, if you're gonna f- position it as the people versus George Lucas, it's like, well, what's the verdict? Where's the yeah. verdict? I guess. Yeah. I guess it's for us to decide. They've presented the case for us. I suppose. The verdict yeah. is hope for the future. Yes. Mm, fuck off. The verdict yeah. is everyone's a person in their own way. But, I mean, <laughs> everybody's we, special. We had this. <laughs> we had this conversation a couple of episodes ago, though, in a more general sense about the responsibility of. A, a uh, storyteller uh, yeah. to, to to the, the audience, audience and, and and the relationship and the like again something they that they touched on the precipice of the yeah. idea of participatory creativity you yeah. know stuff right. like that um there's a lot of stuff to be said there yeah uh, there's a lot there's of, a lot of questions there and there's a lot of like questions just to be asked that we may not even have the answer yeah. for but here's something to think about yeah. a creator I, and I'm, i think the the verdict we came to on that is like it's great if a creator is has the the kind of wisdom to leverage that creative participation on the part of you know a fan base that really loves it and and George is halfway there in that he doesn't stop it you know he doesn't step in and set his foot down. Well, I think uh, we said this on other commentaries where I mean whatever you want to say about George in this kind of debate, you have to give the man immense amount of credit for 
letting other people play in a sandbox. Right. Yeah. And, and that's the As reason all, all four of us are in this room. Yeah. yeah. The, difference, the difference is that so many people are like, the line, the line that George or anyone else, any other reasonable person doesn't cross is, yeah, it's, I hear that you didn't like the new versions I did. I'm not going to actually change what I'm doing because you didn't like it. You are free to not buy a ticket. Meanwhile, I'll give you the, the world. You do stuff. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. you feel, feel free. The, there's, some, there's some new project coming out now. There's some, uh, I don't know if it's a TV show or whatever, but they said, yeah, it's going to have a whole online uh, complement to it where the actual, the audience participation will actually drive the direction of the show. And I'm like, well, that's going to suck gonna be awful. <laughs> that's going to suck hard. Yeah. Yeah. Heroes are going to be overpowered. That, that sounds like a great idea. Wait till 4chan gets a hold of yeah. your chat room. Uh, right. Because I can't <laughs> right. wait until your show turns into wait, whatever. Wait until Stephen Colbert decides to yeah. 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 pollute that like, poll. You know, it's like... It, Something has to have a creative, you know, some kind of creative vision to it. If it's just yeah. if it's just mobocracy, then it's just it's going to be like I want blue explosions and and okay, yeah, I guess that's what that is, you know. Yeah. And so so it just becomes this random, you know, it's a pizza with everything on it, and and uh, you know, there's no, it's like you can have a pizza with anything on it. I guess if you like, you know, all that stuff, then that's great. But, if you want a boot on your pizza, exactly, I guess we'll but, do it. You can't yeah. disertain but, individual but, flavors. But, but you know, yeah. Wolfgang Puck isn't going to go. Yeah, I created that. It's a pizza with every fucking thing on it. That's not creativity. That's just throwing stuff at something. And so, yeah. so you know, it's like, yeah, George Lucas made some, you know, made some what we agree and the, and the documentary points out and makes a pretty good case for some poor creative choices <laughs> in, in some of the things he did. And they, you know, wait, wait, I think we should go into this more. Hang on. <laughs> just, wait, just what? Go, as actually somebody in the chat room brought it up where I thought I love there, it. there is, you know, there is a sense of, and this is the part, this is about the, the part that I would, I, I, the, the documentary goes into it a little bit that some people, I, I, Say, you know, it's okay to, hey, look, you made movies and not everyone liked them. And that's, you know, your job as an artist is to make the thing. And it's the job of the audience to either like it or not. But that's kind of the, the whole relationship. Um, someone took him to task for a bit of the revisionist history of, well, but these new ones are always for kids. And as someone pointed out and someone brought it up in the chat room and reminded me is then they go right to a guy going, then how come it starts with paragraphs talking yeah. about trade embargoes and yeah. trade routes? He goes, because I had to explain that to my kids and they still don't understand what any of that means. Uh, honest, honestly, that's the thing that, that keeps like annoying me. It's like I'm, I'm done like being upset about Star Wars in general. But every time he comes out and lies about it, yeah. that's what <laughs> that's gets what, yeah. my that's ire up. It's, yeah. like, it's like if you just go, oh, I'm, you didn't like that? Okay, that's a bummer. But yeah, exactly. Sorry. But, I'm still rich. Yeah. But part of the, okay, you win. Part of the reason why the movie angers me so is that in the process of doing what it's doing, it's actually working against its own interests because, mm. because it makes its argument so poorly. It actually gives George the opportunity to say, "Well, those fans are just—they're just fickle, and they just look at them. They're just—you know—they just—they whine and complain about everything, like in, in so many. And words. no one made them buy it. Right. That's that's a, the yeah. point that well, in and, the, and the and central there he point has a like, good, he has a very yeah, good he has point. a very yeah. good point. But but at the end of the day, it's like um, Red Letter Media exploded when people like uh, Damon Lindelof, Pat Oswald were saying, "Wow, this is a very well done, articulate takedown." Of episode one. Same thing with the guy who did the what if. That got retweeted by some very famous people. Like, this is really smart. You should listen to this. If you are going to come out... But that doesn't... But he's not going to point out Red Letter Media. He's not going to point out that kid. He's going to point to a documentary like People versus George Lucas and go, well, just look. They're all just... Just look at the... the, the look at the, how nah. they're behaving. Yeah. Look at the and level how, of discourse. Look at the level of discourse. And, of course, they're going to not like it. And because of that, all of us who have a legitimate issue or like a well-articulated thought about a, why a stake in this ongoing debate exactly we the the argument suffers as a whole because of a poorly made point <laughs> this is the awful cable political debate <laughs> version of yeah. something that we're trying to talk seriously about if we're trying to talk about it at all i have a question for you though eddie what do you think the point the filmmaker was trying to make was what do you think his opinion is i don't think he, he knew. I, don't, I i think i think he used this as like a form of catharsis i guess i think he yeah. just had all these things that needed to be said and he wanted to have people say them and as a result it's wildly unfocused like that i say this from experience i'm not it's hard to make a documentary like i made a feature-length documentary while i was still in school and guess what it looks like a documentary made he, still in school we uh he and wanted us to to participate participate to give an yeah. interview we never got a like chance to do it front crew I, I, or, no, uh, no the, ryan you and, yeah. and, yeah, he, and me too yeah. it, 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 he, I he think sent it, questions yeah, think, and there's no discernible theme i think he, i think he pretty much i think he pretty much 
contacted through Adam yeah. pretty much everyone who was uh, right. Adam winner because I got I got it too I got Probably, the request yeah. too for my in my in my Adam account and I read it and and I was already because this movie was happening for quite some time yeah I was already aware of it and I just I kind of already had a sense like well it just feels like it's going to be a polemic about yeah people suck and it's like I was I was I was interested in going on you know being interviewed for it because I would want to say yeah the prequels suck George Lucas doesn't owe us anything though you know it's yeah. like it's it's just hey he made some good movies he made some movies that we don't like so much that's it. That's all. There's no. There's nothing <laughs> there's, else there's to be angry. Period. End of line. Unfortunately, some people. There are a couple of people in the, in the documentary that they did interview who do say that, and they do have yeah. that in there, which is good. Where right. they go, look, he made some movies you like. He made some movies you don't. Eat a cookie. Go to bed for fuck's sake. Yeah. I mean, that's it. Yeah. That's how that goes. The, I I think the only. I, I have a slight disagreement from people who say he doesn't owe us anything, just in the sense where I'm like, well, he owes me $12 worth of fucking entertainment for two hours. Yeah, he owes me yeah, that. I agree with that. You know? Yeah, that's fair. But then, you know, it's like, but he doesn't owe you oh, a no, personal apology, and he doesn't, sure. he doesn't owe you, like, oh, I'll, I'll recut that right away for you, sir. Yeah, he doesn't right owe you a story he's yeah. incapable of providing. He, yeah. he doesn't owe us reparations. That's <laughs> yeah. the idea. And that's, it's, I mean, it, it has. not it, a punitive thing we're it, looking for now. It carries that kind of. Sense of entitlement. That, that sense, yeah, for for some of these people. And again, I will include my uh, previous version of myself in that yes. in that group. The one, the one but, that now we have to be ashamed is yeah, out there. Yeah, yeah just like George Lucas has to be ashamed. But it's like it's Star Wars. it's these. <laughs> you you almost get this feeling that people want reparations for their childhood. Yeah. And yeah. No, I think I know at the end where they were talking about. Of course, they have to go into the George Lucas rape my childhood yeah. thing. It's like no, yeah. what ha- George Lucas. George Lucas disillusioned you. It's like when you when it's like you saw your dad cry for the first time. It's like, right. oh, he's a person. He's not he's not a Superman who can do no wrong. You know, that's what that's what Phantom Menace really was. Yeah, to yeah, that's yeah, yeah you know, that's exactly what it George is. George Lucas can do wrong. Yeah. Oh, someone in the no, chat was asking. Uh, does anyone know if George has seen it? I'm actually not interested in that question. What I'm really <laughs> what I'm interested in is so lucky. what I'm really interested <laughs> he's working in. Working on George Lucas versus the people. Right yeah, yeah, now. <laughs> yeah. I'm actually really interested. That would be um, all the product lines. <laughs> yes. He, he, he wins. He launched an assault. He wins. It's, it's not difficult to imagine Joss Whedon complexly because he's obviously a very thoughtful guy. Uh, and I think he knows. I, I think he understands this on both sides of it very well. And I, I don't think it would worry him. But I would be interested to hear what he had to say about, about something like this. Mm. And if specifically, and I don't know if it's something. He, he would not want to say this publicly even if he had reservations. But I wonder if it freaks him out at all. Because now all these people in this movie own a Joss is my master now shirt. And I wonder if he would look at this and go. God, these people are insane. I, I don't know if this is going to work. I, I think I'm really worried. I'm like, what, 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 what is my well, army? Well, the backlash well, has already what, begun. When will the crowd turn on me? The, well, the backlash has already begun because it's someone, someone, uh, I think it was started in the in the diff uh, website chat. Someone said that there are already people who are like getting their hipster cred ready by going. Joss is dead to me because he did the Avengers. You know, oh, they always, they always want. They want I, when Joss was cool and did you know really cool, edgy, weird stuff, he was awesome. But now he's totally sold out and he's gone mainstream. Cabin and, in the Woods came out a month ago. And fuck that guy. Yeah, Did, exactly. didn't he start off at Roseanne? Like that. That's yeah, his, yeah, yeah, that was his first, so, first paid gig. Was writing for Roseanne. Yeah. So so yeah. I, I think it's a different scenario because I think Joss is self aware enough, and also Joss understand Joss. I think Joss actually feels that he does have <laughs> oh, a... Oh, cut to when Joss makes the turd. Yeah. Well, no, 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 no. Joss is, I'm just saying, Joss I'm not made saying, turds. I'm not, saying, I'm, not saying he, yeah. I'm not saying he can't or he's, he's infallible or whatever, but I think he is more in tune with being a, a fanboy of things himself. He's more attuned to, just from hearing him speak, he strikes me as being more attuned to <laughs> someone who appreciates... That there is a give and take between him and the audience. Like he, I think he feels that he does owe the audience something to a certain degree. He owes them a certain level of competence and respect, right. and, and and bringing yeah. something. Whereas George George Lucas is more like, well, I'm going to put something on the screen and call it Star Wars, and you can buy it or not. Whereas Joss well, I, I Joss think... comes at it like, if I'm going to put something on the screen and call it Avengers, I got to do my fucking best. I yeah. think you know? even moreover, or or at least in addition to that, is I think Joss would know how to talk about it afterwards. Sure. I think he would know how to be like... This is why yeah. I made these decisions. Yeah. Yeah. Well, not even, Which he had to do for Serenity. Well, I, mean, well, well, yeah. I, I saw him in person take a quick... Why did you kill Wash? Well, yeah. you know, it's like, right. even though I knew it would make you mad, here's why I did that. But, I mean, even even beyond, like, explaining his creative decisions and, and having an argument or a debate about the, the validity of them, even if he made something that was just fucking really bad, what if he made, you know, something like Brothers Grimm or something that everyone just hated, Van Helsing or something like that, I think he wouldn't 
I mean, he, he, he still dogs Waterworld, but he's like, but I really like Waterworld. I think there's some stuff in Waterworld that's great. But he knows how to talk about it so it doesn't make people go, that guy's lost his fucking mind. Which is, it might even just be that, that he talks to fans more than George does. Maybe George has that going on too. I don't know, but I just, I, I wonder what happens if Joss watches this. I think, I, I'm sure he just goes, yep. Oh boy, these are my people. Oh God. Hmm. I, think I don't know. It, I think it boils down to a sense of entitlement on both ends. I think there's a sense of entitlement on fans that go, oh, you, you ain't my child and he owes me a billion dollars for it. But I also think there's a sense of entitlement on George Lucas' side in, in, in the sense of, I, I'm, I'm George Lucas, I will put Star Wars on it, and I will make $2 billion. And, that's, and you, will, you will buy it. Because, <laughs> yeah. And it, it, does, it doesn't... And if only he'd been wrong. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. Which is, yeah. Exactly. There's not been, there was, not wrong. But well, the, 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 difference, the difference is between Lucas and Whedon. Whedon, I don't think, has that same kind of sense of entitlement where he wakes up in the morning and he goes, okay, I've got to do an honest day's work and do my best yeah. as a storyteller. And... If I'm just, Lucas is a very hardworking man, but not as a storyteller, I mean that much is absolutely and they, clear. And they even br- touch on that in in the documentary. They talk about how when he made the original Star Wars, you know, he didn't make it by himself. You know, his yeah. wife was there, and you know, other people going, "That's yeah. not so good. Maybe you should think about something else." He they they literally emphasize, and he emphasizes about how this new trilogy, it's just me, and yeah. they have him himself saying, mm-hmm. "It's just me." It's like, That's well, this is exactly what you know. He made exactly what he wanted to make, and he loves it. Because it's exactly <laughs> what he wanted to make. And who of us, no one in this room would say any difference. Like, I got to make exactly the thing I wanted to make. It's exactly, I had to tweak it until I was completely happy with it. And everything was fantastic about it. And that's fine. There's nothing wrong yeah. with that. Um, he, he's done it He's done it since. He, he actually, uh, we forget, he made that other thing called Red Tails, which he also tweaked for five years until it was yeah. perfect and exactly what he wanted. But he, and it I, tanked well, because it, it didn't have the brand name on it. And he was shocked. But it's like Star Wars would not. You know, he was shocked, and he he. And he said, on the Daily races. Show, is, oh, yeah, it's I'm because never... there are uh, no white leads. Yeah, of course. It's like yeah. no, no, it's, be, no, it's no, like no, no, it's like you made three not very good movies, and because they were Star Wars, and because literally generations of humans were born and bred to want to go to the theater to see that. <laughs> That's why those movies are popular. It's not because they were any good. The other thing that I think is sort of bears mentioning, on top of everything else, when we say what, what the differenti- differentiates Joss from from George, um, Joss, the little known fact, he communicates regularly with his film professors from Wesleyan. Like hmm. he communicates regularly, like before a project, he'll speak to. There's what one woman in particular he speaks to where he says, "Okay, I'm doing this. I'm thinking it's this kind of story. What do you think?" And she'll recommend. Like old classic movies that fucking I haven't even heard of. Let he that says okay, use this as a reference point. Use this as a reference point. He invites criticism. He invites um, uh, a, Patrick Harris. Uh, he invites <laughs> sure. Patrick, which makes everything better by a percentage of four. Yeah. Um, but he he invites discourse and discussion, and George very clearly doesn't. And you can see it even in like the episode one stuff. So I agree. There's, I mean, George invites a lot of this on him himself. There's no doubt. I mean, I mean that, that's the, that's, you know, and, and, uh, Joss famously, or well, not really famously, but it's probably going to become a, a today. I learned topic on Reddit a bunch of times, but Joss <laughs> worked on toy story, you okay. know, and, and helped kind of make it what it was. And, and from what I understand, he actually kind of, helped create that environment at Pixar Andrew where, talks about that, yeah, yeah. where they're constantly going they get into a room and it's like okay this is your movie you'll do it your way but let's throw in other ideas you don't have to yeah. have all the ideas you just decide which ones you're going yes. to use um, and that you know takes everything up a level and I think as long as you're willing to uh, as long as you are a filmmaker like Joss Whedon currently is, at least, um, and uh, a, or a filmmaker like George Lucas was forced to be when he was making Star Wars, um, who has to kind of accept and assimilate and synthesize a bunch of different perspectives and choose the best and not just yours. Um, I think that's a, a way to to move forward. But once the the egotism gets in, once the idea of I am the creator and what I say goes gets in, that's when you can enter an echo chamber and not... You you don't know whether or not you're making something good or not. Some people can enter that echo chamber and make amazing things, and it's like, well, no wonder they don't listen to anyone else. But for the most part, (laughs) it's like... yeah, It's it's not good for any sense of rationality. Yeah, exactly. Because you're at a point where you cannot tell the difference. It's so close to your face, you're like, I don't know if this is good or not. You have to ask someone. (laughs) Which I think, to bring it back, I think is part of the problem that the documentary itself falls into because I don't think there was a lot of 
self-criticism. Oh, that's probably true. And I and, and I, oh, I, I, don't yeah, know, I, but... I think yeah. I mean, it's speculate, but I think that the there's a big echo chamber quality to the documentary itself. To uh, the documentary, all of the these these people. Itself, yeah. Well, a lot of you know just that that this kind of people, and we are part of that group, but of just going back and forth between each other going yeah fucking jar jar yeah fucking greedo shooting first going back and forth and maybe not enough people stepping in from the outside and going but what's what's really worth talking about here what's really worth the, asking the, the, the jar jar thing like when that was going on i was almost like you were saying i i almost wanted someone else to come in and kind of point out because like red letter media being you know the the very popular episode one takedown he mentions jar jar in passing like twice yeah you know jar jar really not... is not the the like fulcrum of the problem and it's like i would have liked someone to come in and say People couldn't articulate what was wrong with episode one, so they fixated on the one thing that was clearly wrong, and Jar Jar became this demonized thing where it's like, but he's not really the problem here. Right, you right. just can't articulate what the real it's problem is. It's not like is. if you sliced him, if you rotored him out of the frame, the movie would suddenly be better, but yeah, it, it's a yeah, good... It's, it certainly, it certainly is uh, improved. A he, he's the improved Phantom, by being removed. The Phantom Edit has yes. less Jar Jar, exactly. right? Yeah. So that helps. The, 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 but, I mean, I think the... It's not like he saved the film either. Yeah. <laughs> when you, when Thank you ma- God for Jar Jar. Otherwise, that movie would suck. They always say in a movie that the editing is, you know, like the, the like half the movie. on Just on, on a narrative film. In documentary, it's more like 65% is the editing. And mm-hmm. I think part of the problem, and, I, and again, I recognize it because I've committed these sins early in my career. When you go to interview someone for a documentary or for any sort of nonfiction programming... Too often what happens is you interview, somebody says something really funny or really good at that moment that sticks in your head. And that's what echoes, is Mm -hmm. that moment. So you get into the edit and you're like, well, oh, this guy's interview is great. He says X, Y, and Z that are really funny. Put those in the timeline now. And those will just stay. Those are just immutable. Those Those will stay no matter what. But as the film starts to take shape, a lot of times, and I felt this watching this, is that there's quote funny or memorable lines from various people chris gore especially i think he like it gets really amused with himself um that to me the moments that felt most out of place were and like oh that was a that was an assembly cut like that was an mm-hmm. assembly that's a that's a leftover from the assembly cut and the rest of this scene was sort of built around these three or four lines and as the movie evolves and you change and you trim and you edit those just stayed there they didn't go anywhere mm-hmm. and it again seems to me because only because I've done it, you you need to have somebody else like a critical editor say no, this scene sucks. What's the point? Why is What's this here? Why is yeah. this here? Yeah. In the context of the scene, again going back to merch, how does the shot fit into the scene? How does the scene fit into the sequence? How does the sequence fit into the film? How does the film fit into the world? You yeah. have to be aware of all those things in every single cut. Yeah. And and if you're not, you get clumps of scene like material but there's no scenes in this thing. but there's no there's no through yeah. line there's yeah. nothing there's nothing that carries us from one moment to the next one scene to the next no, just one someone someone sequence. talking yeah. about greedo will luckily say something about jar jar and that yeah. leads into the, the, the conversation only, the, the only thing jar jar. It's, it's just sort of chronological it sort of starts yeah. with here's george lucas early years then he made star wars and then with star wars fandom and then he finally came out with then he did the then they did the uh, you know it's the so expanded editions and then they did the the prequels yeah. and then people were pissed about the prequels the end so yeah know, it, that's which is you know, at least that's a kind of structure. It's the obvious kind of structure. It also had like a couple times. It had like four times, as I recall, it had like title cards that would say like there was like you know the chapter four, or something. Yeah, yeah, the episode four, the aftermath, or something like that. Whereas like the, we after? they would just sort of arbitrarily show up, yep. <laughs> and I didn't like feel like I had seen a cohesive act. Oh, yeah. I see that 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 thought. I don't has, remember those at all. That I thought do. has I been. Wow. There's at least four of them. Like there's the, wow. four, four the them, fourth yeah. one showed up toward the end, and I'm like. Oh, so we're the, done now. Yeah, the the movie seems to think it has you know created these yeah. these blocks of, of and it wasn't cohesiveness. even exhibit A, exhibit B, cross examination. None of yeah. that. It was just like you know yeah, titles like, like d- the return or something, even, something like didn't even that, follow yeah. the the courtroom theme that they were sort of trying to. A good example of this is who killed the electric car because that oh, is, this is a great documentary. Well, yeah. it's a great documentary. It is a polemic. Yes, yes. but it's yeah. a documentary. But. Who killed the electric car? What does it do? Suspect one. Yeah. Yeah. And what does it ultimately do? It arrives at a point. It goes through all the contributing factors before revealing the biggest one, which is what? The people. The people yeah. didn't pursue 
buying an electric car, therefore there's no market for it, therefore it dies. It arrives <laughs> at a point, and it has many interesting stops along the way, but it builds to its conclusion. Sure. You know what I mean? And to me, the, the, the biggest, the, I mean, and I've said the biggest probably five or six times now, so <laughs> what, what the fuck am I saying? But the, th- the thing that kept standing out to me is what was the connective tissue between these big like beats? Clips of fan films or fan works. Yeah. Yeah. And it was just like a lot of clips. A lot of, of clips films. of fan films. Like, okay, clearly you're interviewing these people, and this is obviously their work on and you got And you got an open door policy from the Star Wars Uncut guy because a right. lot of that was Star Wars of Uncut. Of course. Yeah. And not only that, but it's, it's, it just it smacked to me of like, uh, oh, these guys are my buddies now, so I'm going to throw their work into it yeah. so people will see how brilliant there was, they are. There was definitely. Hey, it didn't suck that Mike was in it. <laughs> no, I'm just, I'm just saying. Oh, what? What? Yeah. I, I, actually, I have to say, I, I regret. I, I wish I now, in retrospect, I wish I'd responded to those guys some just to get some Pink Five clips in there. But now that it's become it, but a thing. If, but if, that's, that's the, a movie that people are. If, if you look worse than like trade outs to me, like when I have to include a can, uh, someone drinking a can of Dr Pepper in a scene, that's yeah. what it feels like to me. And yeah. like, and in, in a documentary where you're you're espousing artistic integrity. Like it's just it's 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 just cronyism. Like it, I mean, and it way. is it that is absolutely something that was conscious because if you look behind the talking heads on everybody or the shirts that they're wearing, oh yeah, in every case, in, their in, shit they're uh, Is it Bryn? Is the science fiction author? They yeah, yeah. he's and got his books. He's got all of his books Post. right there. That was yeah. yeah. I'll do your interview. Yeah, sure. But. And then everybody's got their shirt with their website or and it's like. Yeah, and that and, you know it's totally valid. It's, you got to hustle to to make your your living. But yeah, as as Eddie said, when supposedly the point this the the thing that you're railing against is this commercial this <laughs> crass commercialism destroying artistic integrity. You're not doing a whole lot to to make your own case there. I have a a, a weird little different direction. If we're done sort of on that line of thinking, I just I just have one question that that probably bears asking we don't necessarily have to address it but do we is there any irony in being like hey guy who made a documentary about how george lucas should have done something differently shut up mind your own business you should have done it differently like (laughs) no no actually that's where i was about to go that's about where i was gonna go because um (laughs) we live in a really strange time where we just get together and we hang out in my house in front of microphones and talk about people like they're not here and then sometimes they end up hearing it yeah. Now, there's a chance, there's a chance that the guy who made this movie is going to find this on some blog reel, or blog rule, pull it up, listen to it, maybe probably not get this far. Yeah. But <laughs> he might, one of the things he might say is, well, this movie wasn't for you. Do you think that's true? It's for kids. I mean, I would, that's my, that obviously, was my, that was my first argument is like, it's, you know, we live in that little insular world where it's like it's like you know if you name any special interest group like if you saw a documentary about figure sh- skating when you go well they just scratched the surface they talked about all the obvious things that's because it wasn't for people who know figure skating sure, intimately yeah. it's for people who don't know about this stuff you could say that that's that's all it was for but are we so far us the four of us the five nine of us whatever I can't count are are we so far through the looking glass that this is focused on a subset of fans. And we're even in a subset of them who are like, get over it. Because we know all the same things that the people that are whining on the movie do. We are being But we also have, we have a contrary <laughs> opinion to them. And they're supposed to be the subject. That's so 2004 to hate George well, Yeah, I mean, there is a hipster quality. We're like, oh, I hated the special editions before everybody hated the special editions. And, and now I don't it's, anymore. It's so yeah, played right. out to hate the special editions. I, I mean, so much I don't even hate them. The, the, the only truth that you can take away is that it is impossible to not be an asshole. Yeah. <laughs> this, he's an asshole. We're an asshole. We're all assholes. We're assholes just pointing at each other. And okay. yes. And, but it. Go ahead. I, I just want to. I just want I think it's. I, I think it's. I think it's. Again, what we've done as opposed to. You know, as opposed to perhaps uh, the, the, what we're complaining about in, in this documentary, what we've done here is not just be like, we haven't just sat here, here and gone, oh, it's totally played out. Oh, you know, get over it. Stop talking about Jar Jar. Stop talking. We have, we have addressed how it's not well constructed. It's not That's... bringing its thesis very clearly. Like we've actually, like you, like you said, even, even in this, I feel like we have brought something more constructive to not you know not to the actual film itself he can't change his film and we are not demanding that he does um <laughs> but uh you know we've, yourself. yeah we've we've brought something to the table saying you know for people who are looking to make documentaries here is how this is a case right. study of how in our opinion it doesn't necessarily work That's and i exactly think my point. I, I think there's there is something to be said about 
even if it's not directed you know, even if it's not for us, even if it feels very superficial and just barely scratching the surface, there is a version of this, like we've said, where it's like, okay, there's a lot more to it than that, but that covered the basics pretty well. Whereas this doesn't feel like it's covering any basics. It's just, it's just like you said, clumps of people complaining about yes. a specific topic. And, yeah. and that's, and again, the the main motivating factor behind my my strong dislike of this movie is that it is from that. I feel as passionately about other documentaries that don't fail. The fact that of all, it's like, if you're going to make a documentary, you've got to come correct. Just like you, when you make any movie, you've got to, you've got to know exactly what you're in for and know narratively what you have to do to communicate your point. If you're going to make a documentary about why the prequels suck, it is (laughs) double uphill battle. Right. You know what I mean? Or any, anything that is borderline cliched. If you're going to make a documentary about the Holocaust, if you're going to make a documentary about uh, uh, about why uh, the movie rating system is bad, th- things that have been talked about and bandied about a lot already, you know. And yes, I understand it's in this little world, but it's been already talked about like the, for a while. If you're going to be do topics that have had a lot of discussion behind it, and you're going to do a documentary about it. You've really got to do something smart. It's got to yeah, be well. It's got to be about. introspective, as opposed to, uh, you know, we've talked about these topics for a decade now. It's like, Good oh, God. let's just, yeah, I know. Actually, more than that. More Nobody than panic. That. Uh, well, special editions. I mean, yeah, Christ Almighty. Yeah, but anyway. it's it's. We've been in a, a special edition world for fifteen years now. Post special <laughs> edition world, um, but. You know, there's there's a That's level. How nerds do ADB. Yeah. Just... <laughs> yeah, there's a there's a level at which it's like, okay. These things have been talked about ad nauseum. What can we? What conclusions have been drawn? We've talked about them enough. What What are the the uh, conclusions of these conversations? What can we What can we say? Or looking back on all of these decades of com- conversations, what like you say? We keep using the word point. Like that's mm. just what's missing. What point have these things come to? What What point have we uh, drawn from them? What What's the and point that we point? can and and what are we taking? Yeah, yeah. it's what, what's the point that we can take from the fact that these arguments keep happening, and what's the ultimate yeah, uh, result of, of these arguments? Has there been a result? And and you know, kind of kind of taking a broad perspective and saying, okay, everyone's made these arguments. Like like we said before, there, it's got a whole courtroom thing, but it's got no verdict. It's just got a series of arguments. <laughs> yeah. Now, what's interesting is I had a little bit of holdout hope, uh, and I didn't. I, Eddie really disliked the movie. I didn't really mind the movie, but I wasn't paying that close of attention to it either. Um, but I was a little holding out hopey about it because it actually has the title of a different documentary that I think would have been really interesting, where it's not, you know, the people versus George Lucas were in it, but more like a case study. Mm-hmm. What's going on with the people versus George Lucas thing? Yeah. What is the inherent issue between these individuals and that guy? Not, I'm one of... Yes, not, yes. It, yeah. this, this documentary that we got could have been called Us versus George Lucas. Yes. I want to see the people versus George Lucas right. as like a sociological thing. Yes, yes. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Exactly. Yeah, it, it's almost like early on in the film, they do a thing. There's actually message boards about people who don't like the thing. It's like, I'd like to meet that person. Uh-huh. I'd like to meet the person or the person who... Loves the original trilogy. I'd like to meet that person, spend some time the in prequels, their life. Yeah. Or the prequels, I'd like to see, uh, spend some time with that person in their <laughs> life. Parallel with they have else's. to buy milk just like us. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, but, but yeah. they shouldn't get married. That's, that's yeah. where I draw the line. They should not well, be allowed to marry. I, I mean, you know, again, you know, what does Kirby Dick do? And um, and this film was not yet rated. He brings up the point that. Um, you know, heterosex versus homosexual sex depicted on screen. Homosexual sex gets the NC-17 rating infinitely more. The private investigators that he follows, that he films following around the actual members of the MPAA happens to be gay and are in a committed relationship. So he connects the bridge there between this verite footage of this, of these people's lives and connects it to a larger, oh my God, theme of <laughs> of what it is of of really you know the, the fact that the movie is about the MPA board is actually just a larger statement about our society and sure. and all this other stuff. It just does it through the lens of the rating system. What does looking through the lens of Star Wars tell us about ourselves? You know, or, or about culture, or society? Make a point, make a stab yes. at it. It doesn't have to land. Just throw something in that direction, yeah. other than Greedo shot first. So, yeah, something about, you know, something about, <laughs> Since, I'm a human sorry. being, and this is how I relate to other human beings, and this is how other human beings relate to me, and this is how I do it well, or this is how these people do it well, or this is how these people, how these people don't do it well. 
And here's an example of maybe how we can do it better or how we should not do it. That to me is think is at the heart of any story is here's a story about a human being and how they deal with other human beings, either in a good way or a bad way. Go. An art aside, an artifact of us having five people on mic is that me and Eddie are sharing a mic. So I just have it on the the boom arm and it's swiveling. And every time Eddie finishes a sentence, he does the spinning equivalent of drop the mic. Where he just spins <laughs> it back in my face. And it, and it just goes like, boom. Over to you. <laughs> the poetry slime up in here. <laughs> what you got? Yeah, cool. it's, just like, it's like, that's what you got to do. And he just, instead of dropping the mic, he pushes it. Anyway. He swings it at you. Oh, the pe- now see what's gonna be what's gonna happen is this episode's gonna be called the people versus the people versus George Lucas. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Us versus the people of George versus. Was this? Um, I, I guess we've already come down on a uh, verdict on this subject. There was a interesting documentary to be made with this intention and with this access. Yes, right? I mean you can you can make a documentary about. I mean you could make a documentary about the idea of stuff they touched on the idea of participatory culture and and how that's becoming more so and you know facebook and you have to live with your past a lot more than yeah. the, even not a creative person has to live like with the, his past more great onion article from last week is that no one is eligible to be president in 24 <laughs> <laughs> because of their facebook pages well i mean the, the stuff you guys are talking about is way more interesting to me than the film i saw right but yeah. exactly well, those pieces were there but they weren't and even as a conversation about they weren't there was no overarching there was no, there was no connection what yeah. do these people yeah. think george did to them that yeah. question yeah. See, the, the, the the angle that i would you know, seeing the material kind of all assembled like that. And again, I didn't hate the documentary. I thought it just, okay, it was just sort of a, a a very, you know, no point of view. And it's like we've had the argument before, like, well, documentary maybe shouldn't have a point of view. It should just prevent, present ideas and facts and go, okay, you decide, which is the, the route they took on this one. But what what I always get fascinated about is where does that sense of entitlement come from? And where is this weird sense of George Lucas is my hero and now I hate him and I despise him yeah. but I love him still I mean the, I, I have a I, see I would like that. I would, I would wanna love like, to for I wanted to like to tie, ask those people those I want to like tie that into the, like you know the Campbellian heroes like because we all we want heroes in our lives and Star Wars t- t- touched on that and George became our hero in real life because he made this amazing thing but then we want to tear him down and hate him and no now he has failed us he is no longer a hero yeah. this is but really he, I mean oh, but he kept ahead. doing the same thing he was doing before you just didn't like you just didn't like the he's, you didn't like the damsel he saved from the burning building that time. You like you like the other damsel better, but now you hate your hero. And what's that about? And where's that coming from? This sounds very anti-nerd. Uh, it sounds pejorative and rude. But I wonder if this is all an artifact of the fact that the people that really loved Star Wars, really really loved Star Wars into adulthood, are are nerds. Are <laughs> potentially potentially okay fine emotionally stunted well, people where, people who may or may not have had the breadth of life experience and who may or may not for you know good or bad reasons really focus intently on certain things that they love because they're nerds that's just how it works and when it breaks it hurts more because there's a there's not the sense of perspective if your entire room is decorated with star wars toys it's not, it's not a hard argument to make that you're a little focused on something one way or another. <laughs> yeah, a little bit. Well, sure. I wonder we, if it's just... We are, if, if you're in a relationship, your breakup affects you way more than right. it affects me. Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm going to look at it and be like, wow, it sucks that you're sad. And yeah, yeah that, that she, she was really a bitch right there at the end. But it's not <laughs> going to destroy me. By the way, I have a bunch of Star Wars fix. I'm totally a, a part <laughs> yes, of that. A friend of mine said to me years ago, and actually it kind of applies here as I was pouring my heart out to him about my, my breakup at the time. Um, and he's just, you know, this is a phone conversation, and he just listened, he listened, he listened. I'm waiting for him to like go, dude. Yeah, I totally understand. That's so rough, you know. Boy, I really feel for you. And I'm just, I laid it all out there, and he said, "Well, I envy you this opportunity for growth." <laughs> <laughs> and I wanted to strangle him. I was like, but, but then it's like, it's the same thing. It's like, oh, George Lucas made a movie you didn't like, and suddenly you feel differently about Star Wars. I envy you this opportunity for growth. <laughs> because, because which is a very civil way of saying grow the fuck up. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Which is like, so I think you've maybe learned a little, maybe you'll re-examine your life now a little bit. Right. That, yeah. that, you know, that maybe you shouldn't have been so invested in a fucking and movie. One, yeah. and, and I think, you know, a lot of my, uh, the thing that always sets me off, and obviously down in front, uh, you know, the, is a testament to this the many times, is, is when people like, who aren't in the movie industry and aren't even creative people necessarily who want to say, but they should be doing this. And it's like, that is so not how anything actually works. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, it's like star Wars, a guy had a movie that was moderately successful and that gave him the clout to try an experimental crazy movie. And he had a guy at a studio, Alan Ladd, who said, fuck it, that kid, give him the money and let's just see what the hell happens. And it became a thing. 
That's it. That's it. That's all Star Wars is. He he was. It's never... just a thing that happened to hit the zeitgeist yeah. at the right time, and it's fun. It wasn't handed cool, down from Mount Sinai. And we all love it. Yes, no. exactly. It is not the fucking Ten Commandments. It's a guy who made a movie, and then he made another one that was actually kind of okay, and then he made a third one that really There's wasn't. No goddamn ship. <laughs> exactly. Well, you know, it's like, and then he made some more that weren't so good. And life went on the next day. Right. That's all. The sun came up. Yeah. The world right. kept turning. The, the break of analogy is a good one because, like, when you've when you've cohabitated and you've lived with someone, and then it, the relationship ends, and then suddenly, you know, there, regardless of who ends it, suddenly there's a bunch of their shit still around that you still have to see. It's like all the toy collectors. It's like <laughs> George Lucas. It, the secret is, kids. George Lucas was never that great. And he's and not he was never that, that into you. <laughs> yeah, he's never that into he's you. He's just not that he's into you. He's never he that... is your first love. He's, yeah, he really he's is. The, the, first, the, thing the he did, first thing he did was build a big fence to keep you out. But guess what? <laughs> you, you had the money. But I'll say this. I'll put it to you. You weren't that good to him either. You know what I mean? Like it's because he <laughs> yeah. was never. It's not fair to him that you yeah. built him up that way. Yeah. yeah, and it's not. It's not. It's not. Absolutely. And, you know, and it's so. It's like when you're you're setting this undue expectation to him and. I think Joss is just a little bit more aware of it. Joss has had his heart broken a few too many times. Yeah. So he's like, guys, he, that's why he's always so self-effacing. He's like, seriously, I'm not that, like, you know, I try. I'm just a guy. I'm just a guy. And, like, George Lucas, I think maybe he self-perpetuated that myth a bit. I, I think part of it is that because he retreated after Jedi yeah. Yeah. for so long. He, he literally he let the, he let the He went Howard Hughes. Yeah. He went Howard Hughes and he, he let lives the Wonka in myth. He now. I've seen it. It's amazing. He, I live there, too, if I could. <laughs> totally. He let the Wonka myth sort of build (laughs) and like and because of it like just he he allowed his fans to set these undue expectations on him but again if you go back and watch THX 1138 and even parts of American Graffiti there's there's some there's some shit wrong with those movies and like they work mostly they're good movies I love THX 1138 but it's you know some of the problems it's it's a little rough in parts and it was never like it was he was never that great to begin with. He, just the right alchemy allowed Star Wars to happen. Yeah, and he got lucky. He literally, sure. I mean, he he even says, especially in his in his early movies. Now he's like, oh yeah, I had a plan since I was a fetus and whatever. But like, <laughs> but yeah, it's like, dude, you're buying your own press. Yeah, now. exactly. But at the yeah. at the time, he was totally. He would totally say like, this happened by accident. Like, I don't know how to tell a story. I never even wanted to tell a story. I just thought this would be neat, and I accidentally told yeah. the story. And everyone fell in love with it, you know, even at the time. And the other thing about that is like, that's fine. It's like, if 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 any one of us like get the end of our life, you look back and go, well, I did make that one movie that became a worldwide phenomenon that's still part of the public consciousness to this day. Then I did some other stuff that was crap. It's like, yeah, but the first thing I <laughs> call that is, a win. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Up, that's that's fine. Up, These days, I, there's like you and Shakespeare and. Louis Pasteur and that's <laughs> Martin Luther King. I mean, you're in that zone of like. And by the way, yeah. I, I, just a strange thought, and we're at an hour, we should wrap it up, but a strange thought I've had, and I, I would not want George to start playing the victim card because, bitch, please. But <laughs> if he just came out in one interview, just once, just one time, one YouTube clip, 25 million views. If the, if the interviewer said, so you're going to do more Star Wars? And George just went, fuck you! <laughs> Once. I'd be like, I think we're even. I think we know what's up. He said that a couple... Well, uh, you all... No, but like straight I mean, up, straight up, like, the... do you realize what my life has been like yeah, for the yeah. last 10 years? Well, come on. No sympathy on that front. Because the man has multiple times said, no, I'm done with Star Wars. No more Star Wars. Right. And we still have Star Wars coming out the, the crapper every day. He may, Star Wars Underground. He did Star make... Wars Clone Wars Volume 7. The... Wars of the clones. The Clonians. The closest I think he ever got to that wars. was in in some interview. I think even on, on one of the Star Wars things, he basically said, "You know, I don't. It, Star Wars isn't something that I like. Love. I like Star Wars. He, yeah, he, but I don't love Star Wars. Yeah. Like he said yeah. it flat out. He's like, this is not the thing that I wanted to spend the rest of my career doing. But here I am. Again, relationship wise, it's like." Yeah. Uh, when I'm in town, we can hang out. Yeah. Like, I, I really enjoy being with you, but I, I live in Marin, man. I can't, I can't be here all the time yeah. for you. So, Anyway, so, um, verdict? I think, I think our conversation here was more cathartic about the thing <laughs> than, uh, than uh, about the topic of fandom versus George Lucas than the actual people. He got, and his, and he I got think his even off we the movie. just scratched the surface. I, yeah. Oh, yeah. 
uh, hours more to talk about this if we wanted to, but which I don't. Someone should. No. Someone should do an actual I know. Let's sociological not, study not. on it, though. Yeah, write a book on. Surely it. there must there yeah. must be. I mean, there must there must be out there. Anyway, it's on Netflix streaming. If you want to watch it and see what we've been talking about this whole time, uh, see two seconds of Mike and Dorkman. Mike yeah, and right in the beginning there. And, and usually, and and it's actually you. You mainly and look see for me. All of us. Usually, yeah. it's Ryan that gets the clip <laughs> yeah. for some reason. But well, and look for all of us in the upcoming fan films documentary, Backyard yes. Blockbusters. Yes, Oops. indeed. <laughs> um, which uh, you can find the trailer for. It's already well, out. Well, and and again, there's almost like there's interviews with me and Trey. Com- well, there's the compulsion for like revisionism or whatever, where I'm like, oh man, that was like five six years ago. Yeah. Like that is not. Probably not my opinion anymore. Like, I don't know if I want that interview special in there, edition. but whatever. Yeah, yeah special, special edition. edition. Just dub me over. The yeah. Backyard Blockbusters Holiday Special. Yeah. And what's crazy for me is I didn't even... He, uh, Fenn sent me the trailer link when he was, like, putting oh, it yeah. together. And he's like, here's the thing. And I was, I was like, oh, yeah, I, I did this. I, I can't remember... Did I even say anything cool? And I play the trailer, and there's an interview with... It starts off with a little thingy, and then it goes to an interview clip with Harry Knowles... And then it cuts to this little asshole with red hair. <laughs> right there. I'm like, okay. Now I'm really scared. Yeah. I'm really, I really want to know what I said. Yeah. Anyway, uh, until <laughs> so, next week. So if you're listening to this, John, make sure it has a point of view and isn't just a bunch of fun clips. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Otherwise, we're going to take you to school when you get out. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> Even though it's all us. This has been Down in Front. You can always find more episodes at downinfront.net. Subscribe to iTunes. Get a brand new episode every single week. Buy our stuff. Buy our shirts. Give us money for stuff. Go to the forum. It's good stuff. Twitter, Down in Front. Facebook, Down in Front Show. Email us at downinfrontshow at gmail.com. My name is T. Christie. Drop the mic. Ow. Brian Finifter. Seriously, Han shot first. I mean. Oh, come on. Han shot alone. And this has been Down in Front. Thank you very much for listening. Good night. Good night.